0: Welcome to Soul Logic, not your breathy spirituality. This is neither tie-dye running through fairy fields nor corporate performance metrics, but increasing your inner authority and personal freedom, moving you from the corporate mindset to a conscious mindset.
1: We're your hosts, Cindy and Scott, and we're here to put the practical into awakening.
0: Welcome to Soul Logic. I'm Scott Masciarelli, joined here with Cindy Jennings, and today we're going to be speaking about the inner exploration, and some of the ways that you're able to move yourself down the path of awakening, because you start to notice that there are certain things in your life that are causing you to pay attention, things like coincidences, that you maybe wrote these incidents off as just a coincidence. But you start to believe that that's not possible. There has to be more to it. Something's really happening behind the scenes. There's something there energetically. And you might even begin to start seeing the connection and the synchronicity in all things, the connection between you and others, potentially animals. You start to have maybe a greater sense of empathy and compassion for what's happening with everybody around you, including yourself. So... Cindy, are you ready to talk about the inner exploration today?
1: Yes, I love talking about inner exploration.
0: I do too. And this is one of our phases of the awakening process. And we have this in our course, Your Roadmap to Awakening. It's also one of them that we begin with the almost, I wouldn't call it a warning, but we begin with the tip of don't get stuck here. Why is that?
1: I don't know about you, Scott, but I mean, I love knowledge. So I think for me, I can go too far across the different ways to explore yourself internally. And then I can also go too deep. I have sort of a double whammy in that regard and it's sort of interesting once you get started figuring out like, oh, I never thought about this about myself, or I hadn't thought about this. And you start to really dig a little bit deeper and you're sort of esca- excavating yourself and, it's a little, it frankly can be a little, that's the right word. I don't want to say obsessive. It's not self-obsessed so much as it is where you're just really seeking and getting new nuggets about yourself and more new nuggets and really having this, these revelations. And well, what else can I find out about myself or what, how else can I figure out like how I'm acting in my life or the actions I'm taking or the actions I do not want to take anymore? How do I stop doing this? How do I go deeper I'm, I'm a very curious person. So this exploration can just get out of hand really, really quickly. And now, don't get me wrong. I've liked explore. I've liked all the exploration I've done, but there are definitely some, as I look back that have been more impactful for me than others. And it does evolve over time. I think when we talk about it in your, in the course, your roadmap to awakening, we talk about this evolution. And I know today we wanted to talk about a couple of exploration tools that you and I have used in a bit more in depth, but just know that even as we set up these couple of in-depth dives into these exploration tools, there are many, many, and they sort of come and go. I'm going to talk about Reiki a little bit today. It was hugely impactful for me at the beginning of my journey, kind of faded away as I went into that crazy exploration phase (laughs) before you sort of pull yourself out and realize, okay, the answers are not coming externally. I need to find them within. And now it's come back to me. As a practice, and we can talk about that a little bit more. But I think, in general, to answer your question, going too far into the exploration can just delay to really start to understand the answers don't come from anywhere but from within you.
0: You took everything I was going to say.
1: I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's perfect.
0: And when you said about the addicting piece of it, I, I can raise my hand to that because I also love to learn and I'm generally very curious. It did become addicting. Certain parts of it, whether it was an assessment online, whether it was going through hypnotherapy, past life regression, going to an astrologer, or even a psychic, reading books on spiritual practices, I would start to see the common points between everything. And it made me more and more curious, which made me want to research more and learn more. And to your point, this is what I found also. It delayed me simply being present yeah. and it delayed me being in the moment. Eckhart Tolle talks about the power of now and and being in the moment, being in the present. And it delayed me. It took me out of that completely. It kept me firmly in my mind space and not in my heart or soul space.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. It keeps you. Yes. Keeps you in the mind, keeps your mind and your ego going. Oh, tell me more about me right that's it oh astrology nailed me like who else got who else gets me (laughs) (laughs) or what other modality gets me yeah and then it does it does just keep you up in the head and your mind twirling instead of going into that deeper place and sense of self
0: it does and for, for someone like you someone like myself you know corporate mindset logic mindset living above our neck as you like to say
1: yeah
0: it did delay me getting more into that conscious place more into that open place where I was able to surrender.
1: It's so true. I mean and, it, it, and I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from exploration because pieces of it are really valuable to understand where you have gifts, maybe that you haven't allowed to shine, and maybe where you have a few shadows that are holding you back that the exploration phase can really shed a light on that and let you understand, help you understand what to work on. if there's something in your life that's holding you back or you're feeling a little stuck, these explorations can really help that. Whether it's a, to your point, Eckhart Tolle, a teacher, you know, modality that you're exploring or practicing, they have value, but I think you, where you're headed initially is the cautionary here is don't let this be the procrastination tool of doing the deeper somewhat more difficult or not somewhat definitely difficult, more difficult work. It's easy to keep it up in your mind and throw, different ideas around and even theories or practices much harder to embody them.
0: Absolutely much harder. And again, I found the same thing you did. The answers are all within. Mm -hmm. And the more I was willing to allow my mind to not be in charge, the easier I was able to connect with those answers. And I won't say that I always loved them, but (laughs) they certainly resonated.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Shall we, Talk about Reiki a little bit. You mentioned it already.
1: I did. And I would love to.
0: I'd um, love to know more about it because honestly, I know very little about Reiki. So tell us, tell us what we need to know.
1: Okay. Yes. Uh, Reiki was the, my, really my first, well, astrology was probably my first entree into the whole world of self-exploration and spiritual discovery. But when I had my, after I had my awakening spark, I actually was just talking to a couple of coworkers who you know, we're just talking on a personal level. And she happened to say, hey, have you, would you ever, had you, have you ever practiced or thought about practicing Reiki? And I too said, I have no idea what that is. What is that? And it's basically, it's an energy practice out of, there's a teacher that, that basically attuned to a Reiki actually means universal life energy. And I do not know the exact history. My Reiki master will be horrified at me, but I it was taught to me, <laughs> but basically a Japanese master was attuned to this energy and then has continued in the 1920s and has continued to basically pass it on. So in my training, there are four levels of training in Reiki, and basically it's all attuning you to this universal life energy. Now, my understanding today is that you don't actually have to go through a reiki attunement to tap in. I think we're all progressing more and more that we can just tap in directly to this. But this was uh, almost twenty years ago, <laughs> and basically there's four levels that you do. An, it's reiki level one, two, three, and four. And the third level is master level, which is the one I have gone to. And the fourth level is master level with the ability to attune others. And so. Basically your training is you go to course number one and you learn, you learn to connect the energy to your physical body, to your being. And they literally, your Reiki master is your teacher. They will literally attune you to the energy. There's a ceremony that you go through. My eyes were closed. I couldn't actually even tell you what it was. (laughs) And that is by design. That is really, I guess, for the Reiki masters at the attainment level to know and, and to pass on. I can tell you in levels one and three, I had really incredible experiences of really hearing my inner voice. In fact, the first level, you know, I'm, I'm open to Reiki at this point in time, but it's still a little bit of a stretch for me to be thinking I'm tapping into universal energy or because really I didn't even understand what it meant, but I was willing and I showed up (laughs) and in the middle of my attainment, I heard very clearly the the distinct voice in my head that was not my own say, hello, Cindy, we have work to do. And I actually remember wanting to like, kind of popped me out of my meditative state that you go into. And I remember thinking, who said that, you know, and yet I knew very much that it was inside of me and I can talk about the other experience later if it, if it comes up to be relevant, but basically then I did go do this, this coworker of mine that recommended it to me you know, I hesitated at first because I didn't know anything about it. And she's, you know, was telling me about her experience and she is also teaching other people how to do Reiki. And then she did it on the side as a business. People would hire her to do Reiki energy healing sessions. And I was so new at this point. I was like, "Mm, I don't want to do this as a living, but what convinced me to go down the path is that it's a very spiritual path. And again, it could start to at me in below my neck, because <laughs> you're right. I do like to talk about living above my neck, <laughs> above the shoulders for sure. And it really was an entree for me into meditation. I had done a little bit of meditation here and there, but it gave me a new level of meditation into my body in a way that I had not experienced before. And in general, a good teacher will take you through the class level one, and there's time for you to synthesize. I think they take, it takes about 21 days is what they usually allow for you to really synthesize each level of attunement. It was really helpful for me to feel the energy go into my body. Like I started to understand where energy could move because I really just thought meditation was mostly in my head and Reiki really made it feel energy from the inside out in a way I had not felt before. In a way, I think people are more open to and accessible that can access that energy. Like I said before, I think it's more readily access- accessible for people today. I just think, I don't know. I'd be curious about your thoughts. It just feels like energy is just more accessible today. Do you feel like, I don't want to get off topic here, but maybe there's, maybe that's another reason to don't, not go too far into exploration because it's just more readily accessible. It's being energy.
0: And as you're saying that I'm thinking that's what we're doing right here in this, episode of soul logic is we're exploring again. I, what you've just described about Reiki is more than anything I've ever heard or learned about Reiki. It's never been something that I ever was introduced to. And yeah, so I don't know anything about it. I'm, I'm, I have a couple of questions though. Is it the type of modality that you're, that you would do on your own or do you always need to be with somebody else?
1: Yeah. So Reiki, that's a great question. Reiki can be just for you. I can give myself Reiki and that's really how I started was just giving myself Reiki because I didn't really want to be considered quote unquote a healer. And that's a whole nother topic. You in Reiki, you are very much not the healer. You are a channel for the energy to come through you. And that's really important in Reiki that you don't identify and get that ego trip, if you will, being of a healer, whether it's for yourself or anybody else. Reiki energy comes through your hands. They attune you so that it comes through your hands and then basically you can lay your hands on somebody or your own, your own body. So if I had hurt my knee, I could put my hands in a very specific position and call in the, the energy through an to my knee and help give my knee some support. If I had hurt my knee, if I had an emotional problem and I had broken up with somebody and I was having heartache, I could put my hands on my heart and send myself emotional energetic healing. If I wanted to Reiki crosses physical, emotional spiritual and then it also crosses into time and space which I found this is my first introduction to time and space my relationship to time and space and that it is not linear necessarily or always even moving forward so I did discover you can send Reiki to the path and that's been I've had some interesting experiences with that <laughs> for
0: sure fascinating
1: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: and so it's something that you can you can do it to somebody else you can do it to yourself it's, mm-hmm. you said attuned, is that right? Attuned mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. through your hands. And can you describe what the attunement is? I mean, I understand what that means, but how does it relate to Reiki and to your hands and to the energy? How does that all kind of tie together?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when you, when you go through again, so I do think you want to take your time with this. I'm sure I'm biased because this is how my teacher taught me, but basically you do one like Reiki level one is for very much a physical attunement. So you're, you know, again it's your eyes are closed you go into a meditative state and the reiki master is trained to attune you so that would be level 4 they do a their own process to then help bring the energy i mean i guess i experienced it coming through the crown of my head and then i and then but the energy comes out my hands when i'm calling in the reiki energy and then each so then you have at least 21 days where you're processing and letting that energy synthesize and you're practicing Reiki on the physical level in level one, every single day, ideally, and you journal about it so that you're really, really understanding what's happening. My master Reiki master, then I could only I, the soonest I could take level two was six months because they want you to really practice and understand and synthesize this, not have it be a rush. So then level two is very similar. We're going through your understanding. There's some symbols that you use in Reiki that are meant to be kept sacred. Although I think you can probably find them on the internet, unfortunately, at this point, but they are meant to be kept sacred. But you use these symbols to call in the different types of energy that you want to use. So there's, you learn the physical symbol in level one, you learn the emotional and psychological, I'm sorry, the emotional and uh, time symbol in level two. And then you learn sort of the master symbol in level three, which covers all physical, emotional, space, and time, spiritual, all the good stuff. <laughs> and you use the symbols, different, you call in the symbols for different things. If you're having an emotional issue, I would call in the emotional symbol, potentially. If you're having an emotional, symbol, emotional issue from your past childhood, I would call in that combination of symbols to help that energy go to you or to myself in that space and time.
0: Very interesting. Okay. I have a much better Understanding of what Reiki is, much more complete understanding. And I never really thought about it as being something you could do to yourself. I mean, I'm aware that there are Reiki healers and kind of understood it was energy, but I didn't understand everything you've just mentioned. So, really interesting. Thank you for sharing.
1: Yeah. And I think, again, you also don't have to have hands on. So, you're in Washington, D.C. I'm in Washington State. If you're like, hey, Cindy, throw me some Reiki. I had to, you know, I I hurt my shoulder. Throw me some Reiki. Um, Again, because there are no space and time barriers to energy I can use Reiki to basically give you energy in that area
0: to go back to something you said a little bit ago I do believe that the energy is a lot more accessible now than Mm -hmm. it has been in the past for everybody yeah right whether they're accessing it through Reiki or or in meditation whatever they're doing the energies are definitely much more accessible as we're all ascending into higher levels and stages of consciousness so that's that for sure
1: I can tell a story on myself on that It's not a very nice one about me, (laughs) but I remember uh, somebody was like, you know, tell them about Reiki and they'll be like, Oh, they'll just put their hands together and be like, I'm going to give you Reiki. And I just sort of roll my eyes and be like, "Uh Oh, you know, be a little bit like, Oh, you haven't, you haven't learned how to do this, So you probably are not. And I had an experience once where the person, they were sort of joking, but then they were talking about what was happening and they were talking about energy coming through their hands. And I had not spoken to them about what Reiki was or anything like that. And it just was a moment for me to be like, Hey, maybe you do not have the single access to how this happened. Right? <laughs> is just one way to help bring the energy in. So it was just a really good ego tech for me. And I think even good for this conversation and exploration, if you're getting really attached to a modality, that it's the only way who says Reiki is the only way you can channel energy through your hands that has a healing impact. That's pretty arrogant. It is a way.
0: It is a way, and that's that's a really good point because our mind is so tricky and so mm. devious, and it does like to categorize things and control things, and the ego wants to be in charge, and yeah, I'm now a master, and I can do this. Well, you know, we're always learning, and we're always growing, and as I shared about my twin flame journey, that attached to that label, being attached to that label of being the twin flame, that was one of the worst things, actually, that happened to me. Because it kept me in that full-on addict mode that you were talking yeah. about in the exploration. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really resonate with that. I think we'll take a short break and then we'll come back and I'll share one of my favorite modalities. How's that? Yeah, yeah.
1: you're gonna talk about yoga,
0: right? I'm gonna talk about yoga. Awesome. You're listening to Soul Logic. Shifting you from a corporate mindset into a conscious mindset. Check out our course online at roadmaptoawakening.com, helping you bring the practical into awakening and make sense of what's happening on your journey. I am not a yoga instructor. I simply enjoy yoga and I didn't ever expect to enjoy it, to be quite honest with you. And it all started about 10 years ago, a good friend of mine who was embarking on becoming a yoga instructor gave me a book called the power of yoga. And I read the book a long time ago and a lot of it resonated with me and some of it didn't really, and that was fine. But it wasn't until a few years after that, that I started finding a local yoga class and attended it. And I had always done yoga off and on, but I started making more of it, a, a discipline and it was in yoga in the different types of yoga too, whether it was vinyasa flow or hatha yoga More relaxed yoga, even yoga with weights called buff yoga in one of the gyms I go to, which I really like. No, it's not yoga in the nude; it's yoga with weights. People like, really, you're doing it in the buff? No, I'm not, but that does exist too. Is I found by doing yoga, it was really one of the best ways for me to stay in the present moment. And I mentioned earlier about you know Eckhart Tolle, the power of now, but just being in that present moment. And for me, being on the yoga mat with other people in the room. And not knowing what was going to happen next was one of the best trainings for my mind. Mm. Because I could maybe anticipate, I wonder what move the instructor is going to say next, but I never knew. And so it was great because it forced me to really be present. Because if I wasn't present, I wasn't going to hear what was happening. And then I wouldn't do it. It's. It was really, that was one of the most important things that I found in yoga was that one hour of time to be fully in the present. Now, I love the exercise. I like the strength training aspect of it. I love the flexibility part of it. And through all of that, including the breath work, created a much deeper connection with my body, which I didn't anticipate either. I just thought, okay, it's a good way to get in shape. It's a good way to, to remain flexible. It is, but there's such a deeper possibility by by practicing yoga. And it's called a practice because you never really get perfect at it. You're always getting better. You're always trying something new. And I've seen that happen over the years, which has been great because I like to be in control and my mind likes to categorize and know what's going to happen next and, and be in that very analytical mode. It really helped me to be in a place where I couldn't really anticipate what was going to happen next. I just had to wait.
1: I think that's such an interesting perspective. I have never heard about yoga, but I love it. It's so true. I mean, there are some yoga routines that are the same, but if you're new Mm -hmm. to it, it would never would be. And then there are other times when the yoga instructor can just do whatever they want. I just, I've never thought of yoga that way of helping you anticipate the unexpected. I find this fascinating.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I I don't, I can't imagine the only one ever to say that, but you know, I know in the gym that I go to, there's some very consistent instructors and then there'll be a substitute sometimes. I actually love it when there's subs because it's a different way to one, it, it keeps, keeps it fresh. So yeah, I may, I may enjoy what the sub does more than the other instructor. Maybe not, but regardless, I'm always learning mm-hmm. and it's something new. And even if it's the same instructor, they always vary how they start the classes. You know, sometimes we'll be on our back. Sometimes we'll be in child's pose. Sometimes we'll be and crocodile laying down, sometimes we'll be sitting up it, there. It's always different. Yeah. It's always different, but there's always that connection, establishing that connection with the body, establishing, uh, doing the deep breathing. And you know, think about breath, breath work is so important, right? And it's, mm-hmm. it's something that we overlook. Of course, we're doing it all day long. We wouldn't be alive, but it's an involuntary activity that happens in our body. And when you really become present with your breath and really fill in, your your belly and then are so attuned to how we're inhaling and how we're exhaling the different chambers in our lungs and our diaphragm. It's quite powerful. Mm-hmm.
1: And if to be in sync with the body movement as well, right? And
0: to be in sync with the body movement, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because yoga is all about that. It's about the breath. Mm-hmm. And yes, the poses are the poses, the asanas are the poses and they're important, but I think it's really that combination of everything, which I, I truly enjoy.
1: It is a great way to get in touch with your body. The other thing I love is practice. I think that's great, not just for yoga, but for anything that we're talking about in this whole energetic, spiritual thing, it's practice. I think it helps stay out of that ego place, but back to yoga and the body. I just quickly had an experience. I was in child's pose, very subtle, nice, easy child's pose, but it and we just were breathing in, in the breath, this is what's connecting here. And she just said, breathe into your back, which I think I've done many times, but in this particular instance, it brought up emotion of being, I had a sort of, somewhat traumatic triathlon experience in a cold, dark reservoir. And I was back in that reservoir. I'm curious if you've had experiences like that, where your breath and your body suddenly bring up emotional things.
0: Yeah. Very interesting because there are times when I'm either in Shavasana or in child's pose, One of those poses for a period of time could even be in the beginning of the class. And I'm focusing on the breath and I'm just really present with my body. And then this memory from God knows when comes into my mind. And I think, where did that come from? And some of them are pleasant and some of them are not, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just kind of breathe in and, and let it and let it go and let it pass on through. So, yeah, a lot of things have come up while I've been on the mat, so to speak, which has been interesting. And recently during COVID, I began the practice of every day, starting with about 10 minutes of yoga stretching, which is not anything I did before. So I still go to yoga classes about three, four times a week. I started with some some stretching for the back. And then I go into about five to eight minutes of child's pose. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty impressive. I mean, it's it's a great way to transition from bed to mm-hmm. the day, you could right. say. Mm -hmm. And I really find it to be so relaxing and so peaceful and just with my head down, sometimes extended child's pose with my arms stretched out other times with my, my elbows and forearms on the mat, maybe hands on top of each other. It's so relaxing and it really feels great. It's really a, a very peaceful and centering way to start the day. And so now if I'm traveling I even make time to do it. I'll throw a a towel down on the floor. I don't have a mat with me. But if I don't do it, I feel a little bit off. And then I follow that with some meditation. So I have this practice now that I've starts with yoga, stretching, and then into meditation to start my day every single day. And it's made a big difference, I will say, particularly during the last months and, and staying in a good frame of mind. I'll wrap it up here with yoga and just say that if you have an opportunity to practice yoga to find some yoga classes, even if you're doing it yourself with a video you find on YouTube, for example, it can be a great way to become more connected with your own body, which can only help when we begin to embody everything that we're learning. So I started having a lot more understanding of my body and it, it's worked really well. And it's been great for my mind not to always be in charge and to have that time that dedicate that hour, that 45 minutes for me, for my body, for the presence. And that's the one word I will say is it's really helped me stay present.
1: I agree. And I think when we talk about exploration and staying present, part of that is again, to your initial point is seeing those signs, that serendipity, that synchronicity of events happening in your life that have meaning that are not coincidences and to understand the difference. I think, between seeing information or hearing information and understanding the connection underneath it. I, I think it's so easy to miss it when we're just in our heads, but when you've done some kind of this, either one Reiki, yoga, any kind of embodiment or modality around this, you start to become a little bit more in tune, not just with yourself, but what's happening around you. And that those synchronicities, I think are easier to spot. And then I think we both talked about when you have those moments when you're in child's pose or in Shavasana, or, you know, I'm having these thoughts, some are positive, some are negative. It starts to then when you're in tune with that or me with my, my Reiki saying, oh, this is the only way you can have energy in your hands leads to that reality check for yourself. And that's another piece that we're going to talk about. That's the next stage that our course talks about your roadmap to awakening is the reality check, which does typically come after exploration when you've maybe gone a little bit too far.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about that. And it's a, it's a pretty impactful phase as they all are. They all have their very unique markers and and aspects to it. And I I totally agree with you by, by slowing down. And that's what yoga has also helped me do. I didn't mention that, but by Mm. dedicating that block of time to slow down, to be present, it's allowed me, as you said, in other areas, scratch in other areas of my life to, See the synchronicities. To look below the surface, to understand what's happening, to not look at everything through just the perspective of the mind, but it's a much more complete perspective. It's a much more complete sight and vision.
1: Exactly. And I mean, in all fairness to exploration, exploration is good. I think it's cyclical, right? You mm-hmm. do exploration, you have a reality check, you understand like embodiment, you get to freedom, and then we're back to exploration again. There's next level of thing that you want to explore about yourself. So not to, this is a great phase. It gets my point for you and I talking, we were here for years, decades. That's the only point is you don't need to be here that long. (laughs) Well, that's, that's the thing
0: for me, right? I was here so long too, because I got hooked on it because it became so addicting. So on that note, so we can wrap up exploration. If there's something on your mind that you're interested in learning about, Send us an email, soul logic at roadmap to That's soul logic at roadmap to Thank you. It's been great having this conversation with you, Cindy.
1: Happy exploring, everyone.
0: All right. See you all in reality check. Take care. At Soul Logic, we're excited to explore all of these topics and spirituality that is not. Breathy. Exactly. We have our (laughs) online course, Your Roadmap to Awakening. You can see it online at roadmaptoawakening.com. I'm Scott Masciarelli. I'm
1: Cindy Jennings. We're so thrilled you joined us today.
0: We'll see you in the next episode. Take care.